You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. But we are here with a cuter one, and that is Kendrick. Hey, Kendrick. Hello. You you finally got the Elizabeth to your Mary Kay Nashley. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you're all aware, but this is Kendrick's second time on the podcast. Last time he was here, we recapped 10 Things I Hate About You, but we talked more about Save the Last Dance than we did that actual movie. So yes. when Chelsea and I knew we were covering this, we were like, we need Kendrick. <laughs> this was great because I haven't rewatched this movie in so long. But like in high school, it was like a weekly movie. So it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's a good like you know when you haven't seen a cousin in a really long time, you just get that good <laughs> family reunion hug. It felt good. This was my first time watching this fine film, and I know that when. It's my first time watching. The cuties are on edge. They're wondering if they're going to have to cancel me again. So I just want to rip the Band-Aid off at the top of the episode. I fucking hated it. I hated this movie. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a little tricky played. I don't like it. But speaking of cancellation, I do want to announce that this is our last episode ever, as I will be doing a lot of impressions this episode that will probably include some accent works so oh, so if you want to witness my cancellation in video form head to patreon.com slash i am the cute one where you can find uncut and unedited versions of our episodes available as both audio and video if you don't want to get canceled like immediately feel free to tag me in i don't mind doing some of the voice work with you i feel like that'll kind of <laughs> right, that'll thank balance you. it out a little bit thank you it will. thank you so <laughs> Before we get into the plot and all of that, I do want to just set the scene of where we were as as a country. So the movie came out January 12th, 2001, and the movie was top of the box office, but along with it in its number one spot, Traffic, What Women Want, 13 Days, and Miss Congeniality rounded out the top five. Also on the Billboard charts, Independent Women Part 1 was number one. And on TV, a few things were happening. The National Geographic Channel debuted in the U.S. Also, the Jamie Foxx show ended its run and Lizzie <gasps> McGuire debuted. Oh. Yeah. Huge so Jamie Foxx fan. Love that show. Greatest rerun. I got ever. into it late. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my husband had to educate me on a lot of <laughs> on a lot of black cinematic history. So yes. yeah, coming into this relationship, really my only contribution was Save the Last Dance. <laughs> really? Never the Parkers? No, not until Quinn. Never the Parkers. Wow. Not living single. Yeah. Not even living single? You need to relax. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't seen anything, and even I got living single. Chelsea was watching Friends one day, and she was like, I wonder if there's a black version of this show. And then <laughs> went flipping through the channels like, Eureka, here we go. Also, on a sadder note, this month that this movie came out, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise ended their 11-year marriage, and the same month, Jennifer Lopez and Puff Daddy broke up. <gasps> I personally remember the Tom and Nicole divorce. 
shocked me. Like, I felt like, who can believe in love anymore? <laughs> it rocked my world. So I want to know, was there a celebrity breakup that took control of your life? Ooh, very easy for me. I remember, it wasn't a breakup though, but I remember I literally graduated. We had our like little fake ceremony before we had our actual ceremony, like later than the year. But we had our like fake grad school like ceremony. And then we had to go abroad for like a month to three different countries in Europe. And I remember literally I was on a plane for five, six hours because we went to Ireland first. And so as soon as I touched down, literally every screen in the airport was saying Beyonce and Jay-Z, huge fight in the elevator. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) so literally I couldn't, the first like two days I couldn't focus because I thought the world was about to end. So it didn't, (laughs) wasn't nearly as impactful as a trip as it should have been, but slowly it worked its way up. Slowly. (laughs) Yeah. I am always very impacted by celebrity breakups because I just, in general, celebrities' lives, I like really internalize and I'm like, oh, they're my friends. This is fine. Mm -hmm. But the one that really shook me to my core that I really was not expecting was Khloe Kardashian and Lamar Odom. When they broke up, I was devastated. My best friend and I loved them, thought that they were like going to last. They were going to go the long haul. And when they broke up, it really hit both of us hard. But then not only that, but the weekend of my wedding was when Lamar Odom had his overdose <gasps> and was like air vacked out and they didn't know mm. if he was going to like make it. And I truly like almost took it as a sign to not go through with the wedding. Oh, I was no. like, this is a bad omen. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's so funny to like fast forward to 2022 now it's like I literally don't watch a reality show that's not starring Lamar Odom anymore. So yeah, him and Meta World Peace have reality TV on lock. Yes, <laughs> I know I said Tom and Nicole already, but the other big celebrity breakup that really rocked me was Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Yeah. I was anti Angelina for a very long time until I said I'm blaming the wrong person. It's funny that Nicole and Tom shook you to your core because I wouldn't necessarily consider that like a breakup so much as like an escape yeah you know well i didn't know that right there's away. literally that picture of her like filing for divorce and you've like never seen a woman look so free <laughs> can i just say i too i literally only forgave angelina and i don't know why i blamed her it's like mm-hmm. i'm of the mind that it's everybody's fault except like True. the other person so like everyone can catch these hands but i literally didn't forgive her like cinematically until she joined marvel then i was like Okay, you won this round, but (laughs) next time, I promise. Oh, yeah, it certainly doesn't help that for the most part, she doesn't do movies I care about either. Like, if Reese Witherspoon was the one that broke Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt up, I would have got over it a lot quicker. (laughs) She's also her sister on Friends. That'd be like the ultimate betrayal. (laughs) So now, let us get into some background about the movie. It was directed by Thomas Carter, who directed a lot of TV work and also, as his last name suggests, Coach Carter. Hmm. Yeah, so some things. And then it was written by Dwayne Adler, who mostly just does dance movies. Also, Step Up was the other like big dance movie that he mm. wrote. There was only one tagline for this movie, and it was, the only person you need to be is yourself. Which, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know that that's what I take away from this movie, but no. it's all right, Dwayne. <laughs> what an odd choice. I would have thought yeah. like 19 other things before that. Like That feels like that would fit like a 
a Cinderella Disney movie or something. Like, I don't know if I associate that with Save the Last Dance. No. <laughs> I don't know if, like, being yourself is the thesis of this movie. No. <laughs> no, I would say not. I would say fit in by all means possible is actually <laughs> the theme of this movie. <laughs> the budget I do want to talk about because this blew my mind. It cost $13 million to make, and it made $132 million worldwide. But in its opening weekend, it made $26 million, which was the largest opening ever for a Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a joke. <laughs> that is true. To this day, it has the... <laughs> It was the highest opening for Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Who th- I would okay. There's a lot to break down there because one, why did they need thirteen million dollars to make this movie? First of all, I, I assume twelve million that went to Julia Stiles. I think so. Oh boy, I would I would think that like Coach Carter would come out on MLK weekend before Save the Last Dance would. I feel like that's almost like you know what. I don't want to get y'all canceled before Dottie starts doing his black set. So <laughs> let's just move on. So, a little trivia. This made me laugh out loud when I read it. Julia Stiles got the call that they wanted to cast her in this movie after the director saw her table dance in 10 Things I Hate About You. He saw that scene and said, we need this woman. <laughs> She's the one. She's it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. And something that shocked me was Sarah's audition dance at the end, which we'll talk about later in detail, but is a joke. We all thought it was great in 2001, but watching it with these eyes, it's not very good. Mm -mm. It was choreographed by Fatima Robinson. No. Yes. No. Yes. This woman choreographed for Michael Jackson. She choreographed for Destiny's Child, like Aaliyah, like yeah. I think that we had to like consider her muse, though. She saw the table dance and said, (laughs) "Okay, well, yeah, this is what you get." Right? (laughs) She's like, "Mostly hands, mostly hands." Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can't find that song anywhere, by the way, because you know I want to listen to it once a day, but. My last bit of trivia before we really get into this episode. This was Carrie Washington's first major role, and she was paid so little for the movie that she had to go back after filming to working as a substitute teacher. But she switched and only taught elementary school because when she would teach high school, people would enroll for her classes just so they could see Chenille. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been one of those students, I understand. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't want to say what I'm about to say. Uh oh. I did not realize that was Carrie Washington until just now. <laughs> I'll allow that. I thought you were going to talk poorly about her. Oh, no, of course not. Of that course not. Gotten you canceled. Not no, no, Olivia no. D. Pope. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but your face fine. That's a real disease. It is. Brad Pitt has it. Self diagnosed, of course. We all are. <laughs> I would hope so. Imagine a doctor got paid to really diagnose people. <laughs> So, Kendrick, what character, if any, do you identify as from this movie? I'm going to go with Chanel's one-year-old son. (laughs) I thought his journey was pretty impactful, and I, too, would have been crying had I had to sit in that long waiting room for hours upon hours. So, I'm not happy when I have to go to the doctor. So, I felt his story was the most most relatable to me, (laughs) easily. All right. I feel like I'm two people. 
One, I am a Derek because I love a project. I also <laughs> stay friends with people like way past mm. the point that I should. I'm like, oh, well, we grew up together. So I guess I'll continue being in this relationship I hate being in. <laughs> and then I also, I don't know why I feel like this person. I just feel it in my heart. I do think I am Mama Dean adjacent. <laughs> yes. I see it. I see it. <laughs> I actually see it too and i don't know what it, i wish i could speak for you but there is something mama dean about you <laughs> who are you uh, it's maybe it's the main character energy but i said i'm a sarah nikki combo platter oh the jealousy in nikki is really <laughs> is what speaks to me most <laughs> when she's like watch me squash this shit i was like yes nikki i understand but then i think the like and this is on a deeper level here, I'm not just being funny. I think the like white naivete and like the white lens that Sarah <laughs> had to come out from behind that spoke to me as well. I love that when they're in a doctor's office, <laughs> Chanel just like goes off the entire uh-huh. time. And then like Sarah just politely stands up. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> And I want to know in that scene what direction, um, I forget his name already, whoever the director was, Mr. Carter, (laughs) I want to know what direction he gave those black kids in the doctor's office, because they all looked like Sarah just ripped the head off their dog. All of them gave her such a stank look. I loved it. I laughed out loud. They zoomed in on one and I was like, (laughs) that's an Oscar right there. (laughs) It's now time for the one minute synopsis. Kendrick, we're going to put a minute on the clock. So take it away. Oh dear. The floor is yours. Okay. After 17 years of not knowing a man, an almost adult goes to live with her father who has no no room for her, no business taking on tenants. So he should have just like turned her over to the orphanage, put her in the system because that couch was nowhere for anyone to live. But anyway, she goes to school, mostly black people, obviously, or, you know, it wouldn't make sense in the story. Uh, goes to poetry class. Uh, I don't know if they're reading Langston Hughes or I don't know, somebody famous, who knows. But they're reading some poem and then she's like, no, it's about this and then uh sean's like no it's about this and then he's like i'm black man this is what it's about you're not gonna talk over me and so she's like oh dear so she doesn't say anything <laughs> goes to the cafeteria makes friends with the nurse which we all know from main girls never do that that's not where you sit <laughs> in the cafeteria olivia pope comes to save her they go off they become the best of friends uh, all throughout the movie, they learn the simplest of dance routines that for some reason for a, <laughs> someone who's been doing ballet for her longest little part of her life seemed pretty much a struggle for her. I don't know why this like one, two step and heel toe was just like the mecca, but it was very much hard for her. And then all of a sudden she decided because, you know, interracial love will do this to you. She decided she wanted to go to Juilliard again. And so she goes and oh, by the way, her mom died. And so she goes, you know, she goes to audition, she messes up, and then her night and shot Norma comes in. He's like, oh, God, no, you need this pep talk. All while the judges are, like, screaming at him, like, get off the stage. Like, this is a professional audition. What are you doing? He's screaming the whole time. And then he finally, when he's ready, he gets off the stage. She does it again. When teenage Kendrick watched it, thought it was the, like, definition of, like, Michael Jackson's thriller video, like, the most amazing dance sequence I've ever seen in my life. Watching it as grown-up Kendrick was like, oh, this is, like, literally, like, those, like, musical Doherty Explorer episodes. Kind of amazing, kind of just horrible in all senses of the word. He's gonna go be a doctor, she's gonna go be a Juilliard, and then, uh, Nikki does some mean stuff in the middle. Bada boom, bada bam, bada bam. That was incredible. <laughs> I do like that we said you had one minute and you spent three minutes talking about that English class scene. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very impactful. Yeah, it really set the tone. So now I'll talk about the movie. And like, this is a conversation now, obviously. It's not just me, me talking for 40 minutes. But the movie begins with Sarah Johnson on a train. And when a nosy woman who has no problem touching other people's things sits beside her and asks her if she's a dancer, we get a heartbreaking flashback straight out of a Disney movie that shows how her mom dies. Sarah had an audition for Juilliard and guilted her mother into being there to watch, which I'm not even sure that's allowed. Right. (laughs) So while she's rushing to make sure she's there in time, she gets into a car accident and passes away. And this is all before the credit. Haunting. Like, it was graphic. (laughs) And honestly, like, this scene really started getting me thinking and, like, putting some pieces together. Because as we know, I was a go-homer at sleepovers growing up. I had such intense separation anxiety from my parents, but now I watch movies from this time period, and I'm like, well, Jesus, I wonder why, because every single movie from the 90s and 2000s had like a mega traumatic parent death, just like casually sprinkled into the plot line, like, it was just like, oh, by the way, the mom is dead in this horrifying way. Let's move on with this dancing movie. I was that kid, too. I would always try to go over to someone's house on Saturday, knowing full well I'm not going to church with them in the morning. And then I'm like, oh, my, at midnight, I'm like, my stomach hurts. I got to call home. And then I go home and I'd be like perfectly fine at 2 a.m. watching like BT on so, yeah. yeah, it started dark. Literally, there was like the blue light lens over top (laughs) just like dark from top to bottom it was gripping (laughs) they made it look like the truck slid under the semi too it was like goodness that's a detail you don't need but okay yeah that i mean they didn't show the open casket funeral but i'm sure that woman (laughs) lost her head no but they showed her head bashed up against the window like we don't need all the details you can infer you don't need to like have a close-up on the and we already saw julia styles fall when the mother got in the accident like it could have just cut to julia styles there we didn't need to go back to the accident and see like see she lost an eye Oh, boy. Sarah goes to live with her loser of a father, Roy, in Chicago, (laughs) who already made her take a train to him instead of going to help her. But he also makes her sleep on a pull-out couch in the living room (laughs) instead of preparing the spare room that he has for her. Like, he, like you said, was not prepared for this girl to arrive at all. I do want to say, though, like, I know that we're going to talk a lot of shit about Roy, and it is so deserved (laughs) However, I do want to make a case for the pull-out couch (laughs) because Dr. Bald and I, so my husband, Dr. Bald, not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22. During quarantine, we would try to like do stuff to like make it fun that we're stuck in this house. So we started this thing where we would have... It started out couch bed Saturday, and then it just became like couch bed every night. But we have a pull-out couch in the living room, and we would like pretend like we were like in a hotel. We would like fall asleep to the TV, and we would order food and like make it a thing. And I think that like we still spend like half of our nights on the pull-out couch to this day. Like my back is a fucking wreck. You are not supposed (laughs) to sleep on a pull-out couch more than like once a year, but it's kind of delightful. See, I love a good couch sleep. I fall asleep watching like Nevada like way more often on my couch than I care to admit. But Chelsea, I think that your quality of a pullout couch is different than what Roy was. <laughs> this man wears a bolo hat and has holes in his walls. <laughs> and I think Julia Stiles later says it is rusted shut, so it's just a couch. Yeah. 
<laughs> potato potato <laughs> yeah there's just a full empty room there that he, she could be in and that is another thing the room is empty so just push that couch in there if that is her room right like he's voluntarily choosing to maybe accidentally see his daughter's titties every morning <laughs> with coffee <laughs> Roy does, however, drive her to her new school, where she learns that she's only one of a handful of white students, and she makes her first enemy on her first day, Derek, who didn't really do anything wrong except challenge her whiteness, but also (laughs) she makes her first friend, Chenille, who, uh uh-oh, happens to be Derek's sister. Oopsie doopsie. Yeah, so at lunch... Sarah puts her foot in her mouth when she tells Chanel that she thinks Derek's an asshole. And she's like, <laughs> Derek Reynolds? And then Sarah's like, yeah, you know him? She's like, hell yeah, I know him. That's my brother. <laughs> so since Sarah put her foot in her mouth, and I just did with my accent work, I also asked our listeners if they ever put their foot in their mouth. And we do have quite a few cuties who, yes, they did. <laughs> so I brought their stories with me. One listener said, I was serving at a French restaurant and asked the father and his young son if there was anything else I can get for you, gentlemen. The father swallowed, looked up and says, you mean gentleman and lady? Turns out it was a daughter with a very short haircut. I just want to let you know, that is the one I decided to start with. So they really only get better from here. Oh my God, my butthole is already clenched. The second one is more hospitality workers. And this person was working at a bar and a guy came up and asked if we carried a liquor called Zambu. And I replied, unfortunately. And he goes, oh, you don't like it? And I replied, it's like drinking pink static electricity. And whoever came up with it has a special place in hell. And he goes, well, I guess I'm off to hell. I'm the owner of the company. (laughs) That is such a specifically brutal insult. And then to do it to that guy's face is kind yeah. of iconic but now i want to google zambu and kind of want to taste it right so. also zambu we're looking for sponsors so <laughs> consider that our first commercial i like Pink static electricity <laughs> and then my favorite this one made me laugh out loud says i asked the woman at the pool how many grandchildren she had she was 37 <laughs> <laughs> Those were pretty brutal. Yeah. The text thing I've done way more times than I care to admit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. So this wasn't me, but my aunt's brother. So, like, she married into the family. So her brother is not, like, blood related. Mm -hmm. He sent a group text, like, to my whole family. Because my family is notorious for, like, the giant group text that I'm always trying to escape. Like, (laughs) a thousand people. So it was, like, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, me, my brother, my cousins were Mm -hmm. all in this group chat. And my aunt's brother sent a text to that group, meaning to text his friend, saying, like, hey, do you think Cynthia would give me a blowjob? I bet (gasps) she would. And he had to, like, give my grandmother and pepe an apology oh my god (laughs) but the best part though is so i was out to dinner with my brother at the time so we both looked at our phone and laughed and my brother texted back i bet she would (laughs) (laughs) go cynthia (laughs) 
Sarah better get over the fact that she doesn't like Derek Quick, though, because after seeing her on the balance beam and finding out she used to dance, Chanel invites her to Steps, the members-only dance club that the group frequents. Did you have, like, a club of choice that you went to often? Because in my college town, it was a very small middle of Pennsylvania town, so when I say club of choice, it was really the only thing that even resembled a dance club, but it was called Wibs, and I was obsessed, and like all of my other college friends were like, let's just go to a dive bar, let's go to a lounge, let's go to a whatever, because they were all girls with straight boyfriends, and I was like that woman in Selena that was like, we want to dance! (laughs) So, So every weekend, I just wanted to go to Wibs, and then they had a little stage at the front. And, like, you could either go on the stage from either side or right from the front. So it was, like, wings. So I always found my way on that stage so that I could hold the pole mostly when I, like, whipped my hair around. Mm -hmm. But one time I climbed over the little stage part onto a speaker and me and my friend were dancing on top of a speaker. And then this other girl... (laughs) came onto it and I was like this fucking bitch is stealing my spotlight so then I told my friend let's push her off so we (laughs) did but like we didn't just like shove her we did it in a dance format basically like Night at the Roxbury we (laughs) shoved her off the speaker and then I had my dance floor and that's Wibs I don't know why I thought you were going to say I looked at my friend and said let's squash this bitch but I guess (laughs) oh Oh, I shut up (laughs) missed opportunity it's okay yeah I know. Donnie, sometimes when we share stories of our past, it's clear that like we met at the right time in our lives because we would have hated each other previously. <laughs> this is an instance where like had we linked up in our college years, we well, I either would have been the bitch getting pushed off the speaker <laughs> or we would have like joined forces because I did always have a habit of scoping out the place and finding the thing that like could be a stage for mm. me to dance on. <laughs> Kendrick, did you have a place? No. (laughs) Before they can go to Steps, though, Sarah needs a fake ID. So their friend and the DJ at Steps, Snuck the Coochie Crutch, makes an ID for her of an ugly woman that looks nothing like her. I did not have a fake ID. Me neither. I've never had one, but I was kind of jealous that I didn't. Well, I've told my story about how my roommate and I in college like shared a fake ID, but also there was this place in College Park, Maryland. So cuties, if you are from the DMV, if you are familiar with the Thirsty Turtle, slide into my DMs. I would love to get your Thirsty Turtle stories because my God, what a dumpster fire. In a shock twist to no one, this place eventually ended up shutting down, I think because of like multiple health code violations. And Mm. also they were busted by the police for like serving alcohol to clearly underage Uh -uh. kids. (laughs) As I'm about to prove in this next story, we used to literally just do the straight up pass back where there would be like a group of five of us and we would bring one fake ID out and we would show it and then we would just put it behind (sighs) and then the next person would go and show it. They were just like, go on in. Oh, my God. Dear God. Was it called the Rusty Turtle? (laughs) The Thirsty Turtle. Oh, God. But it it should have been called the Rusty Turtle. My God. You needed, like, a tetanus shot after being in that place. Oh, my God. Like Sarah's pullout couch. I was just about to say. I do have some little, like, pop culture tea. 
about Snook the Coochie Crab. <laughs> so the Snooky that we all know and love from Jersey Shore actually got her nickname from this character because she was the first of her friends in middle school to kiss a boy. So they called her Snook the Coochie Crack. <laughs> and it stuck with her for the rest of her life. I love that. I know. That's incredible. So Sarah meets up with Shania before the club, where she meets her baby. He sure as hell ain't Mama Deans. And <laughs> Chanel does one of her many community service duties this movie by giving Sarah a quick makeover before she goes into steps. Because her outfit was country and she looked country in it. <laughs> so this movie is not about Chanel as much as it needs to be. Because she is number one star of this movie truly if they did a spinoff like now i would watch it Uh, me too she could be designing like raven baxter i don't care i do need a (laughs) chenille spinoff when she straight up grabbed that creeper by the balls Uh. i cheered she is amazing she is clearly the best character of this movie however (laughs) her drink of choice is fucking disgusting this woman ordered a rum and coke no ice do you know what i do not want to drink at a club a warm (laughs) rail rum drink no thank you please give me ice I wonder why she asked for it with no ice. I guess so she can get more alcohol. But that's not how it works. She was probably going to babysit that one drink all night. And she was like, mm. oh, my ice is going to melt in here. Like, I don't want to water it down. Mm-hmm. That's true. This is a single mother in high school that we're talking about. <laughs> She's got priorities, people. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Mama Dean would have made her do a breathalyzer. <laughs> After being left alone at the bar because all of her friends are having fun, Derek invites her to dance. <laughs> oh, you chicken heads, be quiet. Wait a second. Actually, I just wanted to sing that song to set the tone of the scene. But I do have a story about that song. So as you all know, my sister is 12 years younger than me. So when I was like 17, she was five. (laughs) And we like used to just be silly and weird, whatever. We pick an animal and then a part of the body. And I was like, you little monkey butt. And she's like, you little dog face, whatever. And we were going back and forth doing that. And then she thought she was making it up. And she called me a chicken head. (laughs) 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 And then I was afraid that like I taught her that and that she would say it in front of my parents and stuff and I would get in trouble. So you can never repeat that. (laughs) You can never say that again. So that's my chicken head. But anyway, it's here during this song where we learn that Juilliard clearly ain't Chicago because after a life of ballet, our girl Sarah cannot dance. Cannot dance. At all. Oh, boy. Okay, like, I am not a good dancer. But what I lack in rhythm, I make up for with enthusiasm and, like, a can-do attitude. (laughs) She had none of that. Like, no. I was surprised, first of all, about the lack of rhythm, but then also it was like the wallflower energy. I'm like, do something then. Yeah, she wasn't even white girl dancing. Like, (laughs) she would have looked better if she just had her hands in her hair like this, you know? But she was trying to find the beat and kept doing this. I'm like, Sarah, what's happening? Sarah, this is borderline offensive right now. (laughs) But she also, like, decided to prove that she could dance by doing the dance from, like, the Pepto-Bismol commercial. Like, she was full on doing the, like, upset stomach part. At least get to diarrhea, girl. (laughs) 
Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Their dance is cut short, though, when Derek's friend Malachi, who just got released from Juvie, gets into a bar fight. (laughs) So when they all leave, Derek walks Sarah home and offers to give her dance lessons because she clearly needs them. So every day after school, they're going to meet up for dance lessons. I understood. And this is part of when I was like, oh, I am Sarah. Because I had to go to special gym classes during lunch (laughs) because I was so bad at, like, the presidential challenge stuff. So (laughs) I went and they basically just trained you for those things so they're like you have to run the mile so let's have you run you have to do pull-ups so let's have you do pull-ups but what drove me crazy was i guess he wanted me to like think better of myself and then if i thought i could do it i could actually do it but during those special gym classes he would hold my leg for support but really he would push me up on that pull-up bar so then i was like oh my god i can do 12 pull-ups but then when it was time to do it in gym class he wasn't touching my leg so then i just hung there doing zero <laughs> like i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> i just want to go to special gym lunch oh god and plus that is even worse you know when you're a little fat kid in elementary school your favorite subject is lunch and then i had to skip it and do gym instead my least favorite subject forget about it that sucks I know. I don't miss those days. <laughs> oh, well. Look, we're much more successful now, Donnie. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're right. Who needs a pulley? <laughs> so at one of their cafeteria dance classes, Sarah whips out one of her ballet moves to Derek. And when he asks her about it, she says she doesn't want to talk about it. I hate people that do this. <laughs> yes, you do want to talk about it, or you wouldn't have done that little Grand Dijon attitude. <laughs> now I'm the one with a Grand Dijon attitude. Yeah. It's the same as people who post on Facebook. They're like, oh, terrible day. Don't ask. Frowny face. And it's like, you clearly want somebody to ask because you right. took the time to post the status. And I thought that was like a middle school like high school facebook thing but there are still people that do it it's nuts so when derek gets accepted into georgetown he takes sarah to a ballet to celebrate and she loses her shit and it was at this point i was like oh my god is chelsea losing her shit this movie is far too much dancing i'm gonna get hate mail (laughs) i do think that this speaks to the importance of having attractive people in movies because Derek was so hot that I found myself not minding all of the dancing as much as like center stage. Can I tell you, I agree with everything you just said about Derek, but something about people like, especially in movies back to back wearing like turtlenecks and sweaters. I don't know why it throws me off so much, but I'm always like, Oh God, that's another sweater. Like, I feel like that's a crisis, but like, you're not saying it out loud. Like, I feel like I want to help them, but I don't know what I can do. Like, you just got to stop wearing the sweaters. Like, stop it. What is happening? And hers were just as bad as his. It was a lot. Uh, it was a lot. And then I understand that it's whatever month it is in Chicago, but when she wore that fucking puffer jacket and like on a date i was like oh they don't care about making her look good at all no she was in a winter hat and that big ass like cartman jacket i said what is happening they're like we need to make it look like she lives with her dad with a hole in the wall like what can we what can we do to drive this motif home right now so sarah's losing her shit about how her mom died trying to see her audition and Derek listens to her and informs her that her mother's death is not her fault and that if she wants juilliard she is the one that has to make her dream come true and this is a lovely moment but this is what i mean why the fuck didn't roy already have this conversation with her why is this girl not in therapy? Well, they probably can't afford it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you got a hole in your wall, you got to kind of prioritize <laughs> other things. I don't. <laughs> I forget what Roy does for a living, but it seems like the benefits. He's a trumpet great. player, I think. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely no insurance. Oh, no. <laughs> Did we skip the woman on the bus staring at them? I do want to talk about that as well. <laughs> My God, I don't even know what to say. I just want to bring her up. <laughs> Fuck that lady. <laughs> Truly. And this is when I was like, okay, Julia, come on. Because that was before they actually had a real kiss. So just to rile this old racist lady up, she had Derek kissing all on her neck. One thing about Julia Styles, she's going to have sex with a black man in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was her teen motif like <laughs> in the 90s. So. Oh my God, that sex scene from O? Yes. As you all know, my Cruel Intentions VHS skipped at the sex scene. My O's VHS also skipped during the sex scene. So it is what it is. Well, we can add that one to the list. <laughs> haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, we'll just have a whole segment of movies I used to jerk off to. That can be like our <laughs> fall special. 
But I do want to ask, why can't people just mind their own damn business? This lady included. But one time, I want to tell a story about myself. (laughs) One time I was on the train with my husband. And God bless him, because we kissed, and then I got off for work or whatever. He was still on the train. And this old lady was like, can I ask you a personal question? And he (laughs) has enough of a backbone. He just said, no, you can't. (laughs) And that was the end of it. But I would have let her know my social security number, all that. (laughs) i hate people me too oh god did y'all go home and like theorize what question she was going to ask or did you pretty much just know like it was going to be something incredibly offensive oh absolutely i don't (laughs) think she was asking him directly just like what end of the spectrum (laughs) was it going to be homophobic was it going to be racist was it going to be a medley no one knows maybe both maybe both Lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> what if she was like, "Can I ask you a personal question? Where do you get your clothes? I love your style." <laughs> and he just said, "No." Right. <laughs> so Sarah finds out that there will be Juilliard auditions in Chicago in a month. So besides her cafeteria lesson, she also signs up for ballet lessons to prepare. And now we see that little Miss can dance because the next time they're at steps, she's wearing her best wet seal <laughs> and ready to bust down with Derek. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, Derek's ex-girlfriend, my birthday twin, Beyonce's stepsister, Diana Ross's great niece, Nikki, doesn't like what she's witnessing and squashes that shit on the spot. I love Nikki so much. This was very cha-cha from Greece. The best mm. dancer at St. Bernadette with the worst reputation. Like, why couldn't Derek just be like, no, thank you. I'm dancing with Sarah. Like, it's very much like she just cuts in and he's like, well, the rules of dance say I must continue. <laughs> Sarah got served. So she had to get out also, of the way. <laughs> Cha-Cha Gregorio is no Nikki. Like, I do understand why Derek chose Nikki over Sarah okay. for a dance where he got to put his hands on her ass and stuff. Why Danny chose Cha-Cha Gregorio, the 86-year-old woman, <laughs> over Olivia Newton-John, I don't understand. I can't explain that to you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Bianca Lawson has literally looked the same age since this movie, and I kind of love that for her. This is the oldest she's ever looked in this ever. movie, I think. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. She's on Queen Sugar, and every time I like turn it on her, I'm like, oh my god. Queen Sugar is the first time I've ever seen her play an adult. Right. Her whole life, she's been playing 17 years old. It's, it's insane. really crazy. And I'll post it in my stories, but please Google Bianca Lawson's family tree, because that is also insane. Uh. She's related to, seriously, Diana Ross, Beyonce, Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson. Like That family tree is outrageous. Just everything. So, as Sarah sulks in the corner, Malachi, who has already put his hands on Sarah and threatened her life at this point, comes over and adds salt to the wound by pointing out that Derek just looks better with Nikki and Sarah doesn't fit into their world. And these words must have been an aphrodisiac because that night Sarah and Derek have sex on her little pull-out couch in the father's living room to True Colors. Oh, boy. (laughs) What a soundtrack. I bet that smelled so gross. Oh, God. I don't know nothing about that. Like, the couch dust plus the rust on the spring. And Roy looks like he eats a lot of greasy food. Yeah. Those Hungry Man dinners, like, mixed in there. I know he doesn't have, like, any Bed Bath & Beyond candles or anything like that. No. And he probably used to have a cat. (laughs) <laughs> i hate everything about this conversation well if sarah had her own room we wouldn't be talking about it so this is uh, all roy's fault there you go 
so then Derek's friends warn him about white girls. And I don't know if it's my business <laughs> to tell, especially since he's in the room, but I'm going to share it anyway. My husband's mom warned him about white girls before and said that they'll have sex with your brother. Oh. So I can't say that she's wrong. <laughs> that does sound like something I would do. <laughs> I kind of love that. It's like an oracle. I'm glad that Quinn has sisters. Me too. Save my marriage. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> Things quickly descend into chaos across the board the last 20 minutes of this movie. Derek is victim to a drive-by when he's playing basketball. Don't worry. Everybody is safe. And while this is happening, Sarah gets into a fight with Nikki in gym class where she learns. Sorry. Here we go. We're going to put a pause in this paragraph for me to do an acting exercise. <laughs> Red baby buggy bumpers. Okay. <laughs> It ain't over, bitch. I don't even know why it started, bitch. Because you always in my way. I'm only in your way when it comes to Derek. So that happens in the gym class after they get in a fight. And as that is happening, thank you, thank you. I'll take my award later. While that's happening, Derek and Malachi get in a fight over Sarah. And Chanel takes Nikki's side, urging Sarah to open her white ass eyes. She said pretty brown eyes, but it's the white lens she has to let go of. So I'm putting words into her mouth. Mm-hmm. I just felt like we quickly went from dancing to other plots. A lot going on, exploding cars and everything. <laughs> yeah. Let's skip to it. Let's skip to that. Because <laughs> Chanel apologizes to Derek for what she said to Sarah and that he can't help who he loves. But in the five minutes that he was single, Derek already promised Malachi he'd be part of a little shootout or something. I don't really understand, like, the gun part of this movie. The dancing and the interracial relationship is really what I focus on. Is this basically West Side Story? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I feel like there are a lot of parallels. I don't know. (laughs) I have to watch the source material again and see. (laughs) But now that Derek has a clear mind, he tries to talk Malachi out of it, but instead gets called a little punk-ass bitch. (laughs) And it's a good thing Derek didn't call, because after Malachi... Malachi's car gets shot at. Kendrick already said it. It explodes. And if that wasn't enough, then Malachi is arrested. I do not know much about guns or cars, but this happened a little too easily for my liking. Yeah. The trunk was shot and then the car exploded. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could explain this, but I can't. No, Malachi (laughs) was a cast member of some Final Destination movie. Like, there's something coming after him because that was like a lot. Yeah. So, the night before Sarah's audition, Roy reveals that he finally fixed up her bedroom, and that since Derek is not going to Sarah's audition, he will, so that somebody that loves her will be there. He finally stepped up, but I still don't think Juilliard auditions are for a place anyone can go to. And also, was he planning on not going? He's like, oh, I'm sorry that your high school boyfriend dumped you, honey. I guess I'll step up as a father now. Right. I understand the reveal for the bedroom, but like, why did that have to be a reveal as well? I'm going to go to your audition. (laughs) Right. And also maybe like get the bedroom together before your traumatized, grieving daughter shows up to your house. But, you know, I guess better late than never. (laughs) So on the other side of town, Derek makes it to the Juilliard auditions just in time to see Sarah dance <laughs> i don't know leap around on stage with bent wrist do a body roll on a chair i don't know what we're calling it but he made it in time to see it and this is where we need to discuss it please 
a dance that was apparently so amazing that she got early admissions to Juilliard on the spot. So on the spot. If that's the case, I think I, I missed my calling. I probably could have went to Juilliard too. Yeah, this <laughs> man acted like it was just a group interview to work at Gap at the mall. He was like, you're hired. Right. <laughs> First of all, this man had the exact same facial hair as Seneca Crane from The Hunger Games. Just want to put that out there. But also, like, he's like, I can't say this on the record yet, but welcome to Juilliard. He did not talk to any of the other judges. Like, no. if I were another person there, I'd be like, um, but maybe we can talk about the fact that this woman is clearly unwell. Her boyfriend burst in here. She had to stop and start four times. Like, maybe we can, like, <laughs> confer before you tell this girl she's coming to Juilliard. Right. Yeah. And wasn't just stopping and starting this year. She was here last year in audition and did the exact same thing. <laughs> Tragedy follows this girl. I don't know if we want her here. Yeah, the only thing she did different this year is have hip-hop music. Exactly. (laughs) What's craziest to me about this dance is Julia Stiles did an interview with Sean Patrick Thomas for the 20th anniversary last year. I'm so old. But she did an interview, (laughs) and she said that the Black cast members went to the nightclub every night so that they could... They went with the director so that they could, like, be emerged in nightlife and, like, really get into character. But she always skipped it because she had dance rehearsals at 9 a.m. Where? because you should have went to the club or she should have said she was in character and didn't go to the club because she wanted it to be authentic when she went to the club in the movie and had no rhythm (laughs) like she needed a pr person on her team to be like okay let's workshop some of these answers because we don't want to admit that you were like really working hard on this end dance (laughs) and then kendrick and i texted about it today but it's very obvious where the stunt double comes in (laughs) the fact that you needed someone else to step in on certain parts of this dance oh julia so we'll end the movie the juilliard admissions team like what they see so much that that man lets her in just in time for a celebration at couples night at steps congratulations go girl (laughs) i really liked this movie it's incredible. It's a good one. If you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen it, really check it out. <laughs> like the last person in the world to have ever seen this movie. Oh, yes. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? There is a sequel with totally new actors, but they're playing the same characters. I, I've never watched it because it sounded like garbage. But so instead, I casted a remake. And when I say cast it, I mean, I only put Olivia Rodrigo as Sarah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, see, we get Zendaya uh-huh. to play Sarah. She's the, the, we got a mixed girl. Her white mom passed, RIP. And she goes <laughs> to live with her black father in this neighborhood that's super rough. Tom Holland is nowhere in sight. We're not going to put him in this movie. I want him to do that high. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like Zendaya would be about as good as Julia Stiles was at that ending <laughs> dance? I don't know why. Let me not do her like that. <laughs> I think I would do a sequel and we would be following Sarah and Derek. So she's now like a dance instructor. He's a pediatrician. And they move from the suburbs back to Chicago and their child is like the main character and I want to have I always say is mm. it Amandla the girl that oh, played yeah, Rue in the Hunger Games she would play their daughter Ooh. okay I, I like that. that too what do you think has wait has Chanel fallen on hard times in your movie or is she flourishing 
<laughs> I bet she's still there, but she's like working for the community. So she's either like a politician or she's like the head of like a youth center or something. She gave up her fashion dream in your movie? <laughs> she's putting on a teen fashion show at the community center. So if you want to call that flourishing, you know, she's pivoted. What's the organization where you like get clothes and you get give it to inmates? Oh, or? dress for success. Okay, I was gonna say dress for less. I was like, I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good one for her, like just helping wayward white girls, you know, dress for the club. That I actually night. know she started. She is doing her own like what not to wear on TLC. She was so inspired by the hard work she put in with Sarah that she was like, you know what? I need to give back to the people and teach these country bumpkins how to dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, final final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well, and what? aged like blockbuster i feel like compared to 10 things i hate about you i feel like it aged considerably better there was what was it there was one line where uh <laughs> in the english class he was like sweet tooth straight up bag and it was like <laughs> oh that probably <laughs> that probably wouldn't fly nowadays but for the most part i think a lot of it you know kind of held up good job y'all good job sean carter whoever <laughs> made this movie <laughs> yeah the script is written by a white man, so I'm sure we could get deeper if this were written by a black person. But I do think the fact that it was written by a white man, the way it held up, is surprising. This story told by a white man could have aged a lot worse. It could have, yeah. And it could have very much turned into what I think we get a lot of times from Hollywood, which is like it ends up, even if it's not meant to be like a white savior type yeah. of mentality it ends up being mm -hmm. that of like we've all learned something from each other but like sarah literally taught nothing to anybody like she <laughs> right. was doing all of the learning and i think yeah. that that holds up as well of yeah. like she was mm -hmm. the dumb bitch that needed to learn i think honestly <laughs> like i think it held up very well and the cast held up and mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. the cast held up holds up because most of the cast literally looks the exact same today true yeah. You know Bianca Lawson does. Olivia Pope flourishes. <laughs> but Kendrick, I want to thank you again for coming back to us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Anytime. We didn't go on a tangent and talk about another movie, so I don't know what will bring you back for next time. <laughs> oh. What? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, you'll come back for Oh. Absolutely. I there love we that go. we're like already kidnapping Kendrick again. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you don't want to come back. You will. So now right. you're just kind of our unofficial, like, Julia Stiles spokesperson. I was about to say, I think I'm going to go through her IMDb and just, like, <laughs> shoot y'all some ideas. Like, we'll just we'll oh, figure it out. There's one called Wicked, which I rented because when I was in high school, I thought it was that Wicked Witch <laughs> musical movie. I don't know why I thought they made a movie of it that I wasn't aware of. But there's a movie called Wicked where she tries, doesn't try, she does, kill her mom so she can have sex with her father. Oh, dear. <laughs> we'll get around to that. That'll be a bonus. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Anyway, Kendrick, let people know where they can follow you if they don't already. Absolutely. Came out in 1998. Sorry, now I'm Googling a movie because I kind of want to Yeah, this. I know. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> you can catch me anywhere that you listen to these guys. Apple, Spotify, all of the places. Reality and Comics 2. Follow me on Instagram at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O, for all the memes and all of the, the random ridiculousness that you like from these guys, too, except just whatever I'm watching that random day. <laughs> well, perfect. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. 
Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you, you like a sister. sister.